It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Dr. Carol Francis coming from you live, traveling through the South Bay area in a car. Ever so often I do shows from different venues. This time I decided to do what most of us do in Los Angeles, a large percentage of our day, and that's to drive by and see what it is that we have infiltrating into our subconscious as we listen to the radio, as we drive along. But today's topic, which is honesty, a lost commodity in a lost society, actually pertains in part to that very process of driving along. I think that a lot of you, when you're listening to the iPod broadcast of this that you are archived, and you put it on either your jogging or your radio time on your computer or perhaps in your car, you realize that you are allowing yourself to be influenced, and hopefully in a way that increases the quality of your character and also allows you to rise up or evolve who you are as an individual. Hopefully all that enhances your relationships, makes you a happier person and an individual that people trust and love and know. So therefore, it's a thoughtful topic. It's a topic about character development and about your own self-reflection and about the society that we live in in the United States of America. And as it relates to this entire earthly cosmos of different international points of views on honesty. So as I drive around, I'm going to make reference ever so often to the various things that I see related to honesty. The first thing that comes to mind, of course, is advertisement. And so we are pelted with advertisement all the time. I, as a hypnotherapist, am often asked, can I be hypnotized, not realizing that the individual that asks that typically has been hypnotized most of the time of the day so that subconscious messages from all over can come into your mind and persuade you to go get that cup of coffee at that sign that has the green picture inside the green circle, and we therefore think caffeine and well-being and good feelings, so that we are easily influenced by whatever goes on in the advertising. What was interesting is I was driving around earlier preparing and waiting for the hour to show, but I saw such things as a drug testing clinic, and that how many people have to be drug tested because, quite honestly, they're not honest about their use of drugs and therefore it impacts their employment and their families and their finances. So someone has to be drug tested in order to find the honest truth about whether they are or are not using some illegal substance. And the very nature of the presence of that clinic down that very popular road that I drove was a declaration to the world, hey, we're here because we're trying to keep people honest. Those of you that use drugs, however, you know that there are so many different ways to fake the test that honesty is not really something that has to be your policy. To get around, to skirt around the issues, to, to cheat the system, to lie, to deceive in order to earn the right to do things your way and only your way without regard to the impact on others. That's why dishonesty becomes such an amazing tool for individuals. 
That's right. Dishonesty is a tool of survival in our society, and it's also a tool of survival in many societies. When I traveled to Peru, I was very, very interested the number of times that I was there in talking to the country folk about their government. First time I went there, President Fujimoto was there. It was an interesting mix of responses. So many of the very impoverished loved this president because he had visited their their cardboard house or their reed home that's all about tourism. And they appreciated the little niceties that he would bring with them, like a little solar power panel that might enable them to listen to a radio. But on the other hand, when I had gone there the first time, he had been caught red-handed, stealing out of the country all the gold and garments that he could possibly take away with him, and escaped to Japan, declaring that he was be in Japan from any sort of accusation from the Peruvians who had found him to be, well, not honest. So in taking all of the wealth that Peru could possibly provide him with, he did one other interesting thing. He put into law, or at least he tried, a situation where a person who was a criminal could be accused and charged and punished for the five years after the crime. But after that point, the criminal would be forgiven as if nothing happened. And while on some level that sounds very kind and forgiving, it's very interesting that after this egregious crime against the Peruvian individuals, he wanted to return to the country and run for presidency once again. And many of the Peruvians wanted him back. So the very nature of honesty in a president and the corruption associated to the dance that was taking place between Fujimoto and the entire Peruvian people was one of how he negotiated or twisted the people with dishonesty for personal gain and then came back to do just that more again. You know what I just did? I just ran through a yellow light. Yes, it didn't turn red on me. But there's another small way in which we become dishonest. Our traffic laws are set up to keep things civilized and safe. And yet if a person doesn't want to stop at a yellow light or even a red light or not stop very long at a stop sign, that's what that person wants to do because they're in a rush. It's too inconvenient to slow down. Interesting that majority of the accidents on the road are caused by the carelessness of individuals not following the laws that were put there to keep me and you safe. But there's that little thing inside where we compromise our sense of integrity out of our own self-comfort. So we can go back to Fujimoto and find him wanting and lacking any sort of character and then realize that every day that we're driving around, we probably do something the same that compromises ourselves. How harsh we should we be with ourselves? Well, I think that perhaps one reason honesty has been lost, such a lost commodity, is because we don't value that which the honesty creates. For a moment, let's travel to the family circumstances. I see couples all the time where affairs Affairs of the heart, the body, the mind, the emotions take place, which is no, nothing short of a disloyalty to the partner, disloyalty to the marital vows, 
disloyalty to sense of security and trust. And yet the individual that has the affair does it out of whatever emotion, rightness, desire, and a desire for satisfaction that comes in the place of an affair. Do we fault anyone? We could. We could fault the person that didn't satisfy this spouse. We can fault the spouse for not working it through with the individual they betrayed. We could fault the person that had the affair because why would they have an affair with a married individual? We can find fault everywhere. But fundamental to the experience is that the trust that what that person says is in fact what one can believe no longer exists. It's up for grabs. A person can say anything to you that they want to and you have to choose to believe it or choose not to believe it. And funny that choosing to believe something is an element of choice as opposed to an element of confidence in a person's integrity. So relationships that have to survive or don't survive, affairs for example, in a sense are surviving or not surviving, the presence of dishonesty and how dishonesty was implemented in order to create a facade that allowed one person to seek satisfaction at the loss or sacrifice to another person. That's only one example, though, isn't it? I see also the signs saying various prices come here, 20%, 50%. And I'm passing a particular store that actually sold me an item for the radio program that didn't work. In fact, not only did it not work, it had expired. I thought that was so amazing that on their shelf existed a product that had expired, that they knew had expired, and yet it was on their shelf. And if I hadn't been a savvy consumer, which I'm not always, no one always is, I would have been duped. Now, did they need to sell that item? Probably. Did they even maybe pay attention? Maybe not. But the truth of the matter is, is that my trust in that particular store that I just passed is definitely compromised. And my frustration is definitely bigger. And is that the relationship that store wants me to have with it as a consumer? No, that's the one that it cultivated by having that type of product. So in a like manner, Peru, a lover, a spouse, a consumer, has to on some level either feel that whom they're dealing with is honest or always question almost everything and holding no sense that this individual has integrity. So what's your integrity? An interesting uh, event happened when I was reading a newspaper article about a man who was offering a seminar for individuals that wanted to offer repair for victims of natural disasters you know, Hurricane Katina, earthquakes, volcanoes, fires, so forth and so on, the natural disaster. So we can point our finger at FEMA not having done their job. But this individual actually had a company that was based on trying to help people reconstruct their lives, predominantly in terms of the structure of either their business or their home. He lauded himself in a seminar as being there with 
full heart and eagerness to serve the individuals who had gone through such disaster and that it was a blessing and a relief for him to be able to provide this type of service to people in such a tough situation. The reporter, the news reporter, however, this is the Los Angeles Times, about a week ago, said that it was ironic because the audience each of, each of whom had paid $350 for the privilege of hearing him speak and having a dinner with him, began to snicker when he said that he did his services for the purpose of helping others. And then the reporter said that upon further investigation, there were over 20 different claims against this man just in recent times that he had taken their money and done nothing to help them recover from the disaster. Talk about disaster on top of disaster. It's extremely, extremely questionable. We all stand appalled. The further thing that happened when I read this article was to not only find the name of this man's company, but the address of this man's company was within two miles of my home. And that likely his children my children had gone to the same schools, would go to the same school, and that he would likely be a primary person to resource in my community if a disaster such as an earthquake were to happen. I felt the pang of suddenly realizing that in a state of my own vulnerability, I would want to be able to trust a man like this that would have a successful company that could pull me out of a rough situation if it happened. And then to realize that in that most vulnerable of spots, I am with a con artist, and I can't even protect myself from a con artist. And then to realize that this man is one of my neighbors. It all came home, and it was so clear, and it was so stark. Now, again, we can point fingers. But as I'm driving along, I'm looking at different signs different promises. I see a chiropractor promising relief from all sorts of different ailments. And do you know that chiropractors are not even that well regulated in terms of their ethics committee? So some chiropractors who are absolutely wonderful and awesome and wanting to take genuine care of their clients are juxtaposed by those individuals who really have just gone into the field of chiropractor because they can get a lot of money from disabilities or accidents that are paid for by insurance. It's disheartening. So those chiropractors of good faith, goodwill, and good training that want to help heal an individual's ailment has to contend with the realization that the consumer walks in the door knowing that that chiropractor may not be an honest individual. Now think about it for the moment, the people that you rely on in your life Maybe a spouse, maybe your child, maybe a work partner, maybe an investment partner, maybe a bank, maybe a doctor. Who do you rely on and who do you hope resides in their integrity with you? And now think for a moment who relies on you. Who wants you to be in your integrity? Who needs you to be impeccably honest? And who cannot rely on you? Because everybody buys into the contract of convenience, of dishonesty, cover-up, deception, 
or is it simply a twist of truth seems to bring to them? Enron and uh, Arthur Anderson were interesting events in my life, having known an individual that worked for Arthur Anderson at that time. I saw Arthur Anderson go from a company of individuals who loved to have the precision of accounting at their fingertips and to ensure that companies and the IRS were copacetic with the facts of the books. And I saw those same people be greeted with the realization that Enron had completely used a portion of the Arthur Anderson staff to develop a scheme to cheat all sorts of individuals, ranging from the IRS to investors, Wall Street, and their own employees. The whistleblower was a very, very brave man whom I had met prior to this time. And he sat with a scared feeling of what would happen to he and his family when he had to be a whistleblower against the entire heavy-handed high officials of Enron. I admire him a great deal for having had the courage to do so. Not an easy thing to do. Because most whistleblowers, in other words, most individuals that try to make sure that people are honest and that when they're not, we call them to task, most whistleblowers are crucified quickly before the truth has gotten out and the twisted facts, and I put that facts in quotations, clearly goes in favor of the richest and the most powerful individual that's well-connected, not in the hands of people who are honest, honest, and honest. The whistleblowing, difficult sort of thing to do. It reminds me of what happened during Watergate, and yes, I was around during Watergate, fully aware of the different Washington Post materials that were being printed. very loyal staff to lie further on his behalf as cover-up upon cover-up upon cover-up came to open face. And he was impeached. Someone blew the whistle, and in that situation, he was impeached. People were imprisoned for his decisions, and people's lives were destroyed for his wanting of the Republican adherence to the presidency. So now, what do we do with an individual like that? Well, in that high post at that time, we were still a society that wanted to think that our government would adhere to being honest and truthful, and that when we didn't think it was honest and truthful, it would admit it and change. And when Nixon refused to admit anything and therefore also rechange anything, it became a cold, hard fact that even at the highest level of government, we could be duped as a society. I think that it was at that time that our society shifted and became a lost society because it knew it could no longer trust its leaders. It was out in the open. I don't care how many times before 
in the recent history. People had doubted the integrity of a president or a high official. It was at this point where in a unified fashion an entire country said, we've been duped and we're vulnerable to being duped. I believe the same thing happened with Bush Jr. We were vulnerable to being duped. We were deceived. We were afraid and our fears were called upon and it integrated us into a long-lasting battle and war based on faulty information that was given from the top people down to us. And you know what? The press, whom we rely on for factual information and not just an emotional editorializing of the data, they were duped as well. So we sit in a land now where we know that our high officials may or may not be honest. I think that in Obama's book, Audacity of Hope, which was written while he was a senator in Chicago, that he really does describe the groping of society for finding some sense of integrity. And I do believe that the American people have hope that perhaps we have found someone who does have integrity. And I noticed that within the first 100 days of his presidency, one of the biggest scopings of criticisms or looking out for loopholes in his action had a lot to do with testing whether or not his word was honest and his actions were congruent with his promise. Not just because everybody wanted him to fulfill his promises, because not everybody does, but because people want to know if we finally have an honest individual so we can work forward with perhaps no longer existing within a society. Honesty, however, is a funny commodity because it does not exist all over the planet. As a matter of fact, a position of honesty is often seen as a point of weakness in different cultures. There are some cultures that if you are honest with police, you are considered weak. And if you believe a policeman is honest with you, you're just considered foolish. And if you do not know how to lie to an official, bribe, or contrive some sort of dishonest representation, you will not survive in that society. I one day had a Brazilian pack driver take me from one spot in San Francisco to another. And in that brief conversation, I told him about the story of Peru, and he began to talk about all of his experiences with politicians he was born and raised and lived through in Brazil. And I became aware at that time that every taxi driver I ever had probably had a fascinating story. And the same story existed whether the taxi driver was from some Middle East country, from New York City, from South America, or quite frankly, in my own backyard. The story is you choose who you're honest with and you choose who you're dishonest with and it's all based on what type of relationship you want to have. In those countries, Brazil, Peru, some Middle East countries, honesty is not the core of the infrastructure of their government. Instead, the core of the infrastructure of the government is power. And if power is purchased by dishonesty, fine. And if power is purchased by integrity, fine. But power, the pursuit of power and the creation of power is what is the foundation 
and the structure for the governments in these circumstances. So let's come home. How many times have you told someone how much you spent something on something in a family where you were answerable for how much money was given in the family or taken away from the family, and you just didn't say the whole truth because you didn't want them to take your power away to be able to purchase something? How many times has an officer stopped you and you told them a lie about something? How many times have you gone through a stoplight or a red light? How many times did you just not study enough on a test and had to do some cheating? How many times have you told a really good friend who trusts you a little lie to save their feelings or a big lie to avoid a complete conflict? Lovers, how many times have you lied to the one that wants to trust you the most just so that you wouldn't have to have an emotional battle ahead of you? So what degree is honesty, which is a lost commodity for almost all of us, no longer a part of your infrastructure, of your relationships, or the way you deal with the government, the way you deal with your business, the way you deal with your taxes, the way you deal with customers and loved ones, children. To what degree is honesty no longer your bottom line policy? And what has that cost you? And what has that cost the people who love you in their relationship with you? So today has been a call to be reflective on your integrity, your honesty, and what it matters to you. I think one of the best ways to determine if it matters to you is whether it matters to you if someone who wants to sell you a product is being honest or not. Or does it matter to you that if an insurance company says they will insure you, that they follow through, that you have insurance, or if they'll figure out some way to finagle out of paying you the insurance reimbursements. Or how about, you know, you've invested money with a particular mutual fund and you find out that the mutual fund managers have actually taken your money, invested it elsewhere, but given you the returns based on what little profit might have occurred from the investments they said they were going to give you, meaning that they knew that there were better investments, but they're not going to turn those profits over to you. To what degree does that bother you? To what degree did it bother you when we found out that Kobe might have raped a woman? And yet he's one of our Laker champions in, in Los Angeles, and I've enjoyed his basketball playing ever since. To what degree would it bother you if your loved one, spouse, partner, had an affair, stole money, gave you an SDT, what degree would it matter to you? If it matters to you that your children tell you the truth, if it matters to you that they don't harm themselves with drug use and cover-ups that might occur, does it matter to you if people are honest with you? And if it does, then perhaps it will matter to you to be honest with them. Individuals that have a difficult time with their temper and being angry will often greet this issue in my office with the following statement. Well, I don't want to be honest because I'll be cruel and upset and I'll harm the relationship. So I'll leave this broadcast with the idea that was given to me long ago by a spiritual sort of perspective. And that is if you couple truth with love, then 
the love truth can be delivered in love or it can be not delivered but in love but still with the experience of integrity and truth behind it is it a day by day process have we grown so mm, cavalier to our own ability to make up a fabrication in the moment to save ourselves to give ourselves something that's gratifying of course Every character quality that has any value whatsoever is groomed day by day or is eroded day by day. So here I sit. I'm in front of a store that has lost their lease because they really couldn't make a business. Would it behoove the owner to steal money in order to be able to keep his business alive? What about the people inside there that are no longer employed? How many other businesses around have gone out just in the last six months because of the economic disaster? Should they have lied? Or should they have found inspired ways to create whatever experiences or product really to invest their monies in? If we look for the easy way out, it will last for a period of time. If we look for the strength way out, the strong, the courageous, the tenacious. Some of us may not survive, but most of us will benefit. One last thought here as we close is that we'll be talking about honesty as it relates to other topics. Honesty in dieting, honesty in looking at yourself straightforwardly, honesty in your relationships, honesty related to child custody, legal situations, honesty in investment, honesty in financing certain aspects of life. We'll be looking at honesty as it relates to spirituality, mental health, and psychological capacity. But we won't be talking about honesty because honesty will just be the underlying component that when I interview somebody for you to learn from, that they will be as honest with you as they can be. This is Dr. Carol Francis wishing you the best of days, the closest of relationships, the happiness in life, and that you find all your skills and ability to make life happen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.